0: pick myself up this is duke hoursler and you're listening to melodies and memories with aaron and jillian shriver damn hard that i bust my bootstrap welcome to the melodies and memories podcast with jillian and aaron shriver brought to you by arlo revolution each week they connect melodies and memories with fans and singer-songwriters from all genres of life when all else in life is gone Music will be left to lead the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your hosts of the Melodies and Memories podcast, Jillian and Aaron Schreiber.
1: Hello and welcome everyone to the season six of Melodies and Memories podcast. I'm your co-host Jillian Schreiber.
2: I'm your host Aaron Schreiber.
1: And our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singer-songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who's making a difference in and around the music community. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook and begins connecting their own melodies to memories. Tonight, we're presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution. Cinematic wedding films, uh, music videos, and promos, you can find them at arlorevolution.com. One Tree Planted, for every 1,000 downloads of the show, we plant a tree for One Tree Planted. Download the show on your favorite podcast app. And Poddex, Poddex decks. Pod decks are your hottest tool to get your next great interview unique interview questions at the palm of your hand <clears throat> excuse me our on-screen sponsors art on a higher wire by Joel, original and custom artwork inspired by your life moments treasured photos and memories and shed services at shed services we offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs you can find them at shedservices.com. If you're looking for ways to support sponsor, uh, support or sponsor Melodies and Memories, then head on over to our Patreon page. We have tiers that start just at $1. If Patreon is something that you can't do, the next best thing is to show support for the show. Like, share, review, and subscribe. Remember, you can join us live every Monday night at 7 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can interact with the show, ask questions, or join in on the live chat with your favorite guests. Remember... To visit our website, melodiesandmemories.com, for music news, concert reviews, and photos, playlists, and more.
2: See, you do good every week. You're killing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've done a lot of talking this week, so. Yeah, hey.
2: It was really good though oh, Thank you Alright, like I said earlier, we are very excited for tonight's show We welcome in Spencer Crandall for episode 146 His Colorado native has been an internet sensation Connecting with fans Through the truth of his lyrics, it hit very deep Tonight we are honored to discuss melodies and memories That make up his journey We're going to go ahead and welcome Spencer on How you doing, buddy?
1: <laughs> hey, hey. Oh,
2: we are so excited to finally have you on the show, man. I know we've been talking, Julie and I have talked about having you for such a long time yeah. now, and it's been a long time coming, so we're excited to have you tonight, get you out of the world of your own podcast for a little bit, and get you on another one. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having
2: me, y'all. Man, appreciate it. So we like to start this show off the same way every week, and we throw it way back to your earliest childhood memory, man. What was kind of being played around the house? And we always like to know your first concert experience, how that went. Mm. <laughs>
4: You know, my mom always says my first concert was George Strait because I was in her stomach Mm -hmm. (laughs) concert. And I guess I was kicking pretty hard. So I liked something I was hearing. Um, My like first concert, I remember I was like maybe six or something like that. I went and saw Sync with all my cousins.
1: Oh, so fun.
4: A lot about who I am. And the music I make. Yeah,
2: no. That's all <laughs> so, hey. I used to I worked in an InSync show way back when, man. I loved it.
1: <laughs> Don't you still have a sweat towel or was that Backstreet Boy? That was
2: 90 degrees. Oh, 90 degrees <laughs>
1: sweat towel. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I did,
4: you know, probably sync or something like that. I remember in high school, um, the first concerts I like paid to go see with my own money that I'd saved up. I saw Tim McGraw mm-hmm. at our like amphitheater and just remembered like saving up. My little landscape and money, and all that stuff. So, awesome.
2: so going to see Tim McGraw, and was this back before you started picking up music, or was this kind of where you just kind of resonating with what was going on?
4: I was just a fan, man. I didn't, I didn't think about doing music. I didn't think people could do that. I thought that was for other people. I went to go play college football. Yeah, shoulder surgeries, and that's when I picked up a guitar. It was more just out of like boredom um, and just a love of country music. But I grew up a massive country music fan. My parents are like fanatical country music fans. Like that's just all that was on in our house. So I remember I had a few friends in high school and they showed me all this new music and I was like, Whoa, there's other music besides country music.
2: Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. That's how I was. I have the same kind of story, man. My, my parents said I, my first concert was Waylon Jennings in 81, which I was born in 82, so I don't know how that would work out, but <laughs> it was late 81, so it was kind of funny. So, same path, though. I, I love that uh, about you. Now, when you started playing, you started playing in college, you said, um, did you have, like how did you learn? Did you, YouTube videos, or how was that your way of learning guitar? Just YouTube, man. I, I had a few friends who would give me some little
4: pointers here and there but predominantly just youtube just such a cool time to be alive that you can hop on the internet and literally learn any song that you've ever wanted to learn and i was just again skipping class and learning the guitar and was like oh this is really fun and i learned some chords and i learned some covers and then i learned um kind of how to start to write music okay. and once i to write my own songs, it's like oh this is like free drugs it's like the best thing ever like i love this people have been holding out on me. You could do this the whole time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Did you write at all before you started songwriting? Did you have like a journal or do any poetry or anything like that? Or what was that kind of your first really digging into writing was this songwriting.
4: I just remember I've always loved English class, which I know sounds silly, but like I would much rather write an essay. I'd much rather talk. I'd much rather give a presentation. Yeah. I was always the class clown and I've always been a storyteller, whether it was ridiculous or, you know, like, a long paper i just preferred to like speak and write and do those things so i i always knew i had a passion for it um but like again it just never clicked to me like that people did creative things for a living i was like that's that's impossible i'll just be a construction management major and just do my thing or whatever and once i started to write songs you know there's huge imposter syndrome so there's like i'm not a writer i'm not a Blah, blah, blah. You know, Keith Urban or Sam Hunt or whatever, those guys, like, they do it and I just like partake or I have fun with it. And then eventually you just kind of have to like fake it till you make it and go, you know what? I'm a freaking writer. This there is what I'm. And you basically just try it on. You know, I think Sean Mendez, I heard him in an interview one time talking to somebody. And they're like, how do I know I'm a songwriter? And he goes, well, do you write songs? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, congratulations, you're a song." And that was kind of it. I just started his. To- I would just introduce myself. Oh yeah, I'm a country artist. I'd be like, No, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I am. Just
2: wait. I just gotta figure it out.
1: Very cool. I love I that. Lo- yeah. I do too. I love that. It's <laughs> a great thing. That's <laughs> awesome.
2: So you graduated <laughs> college with a marketing degree. Now, do you feel like I'm we're huge Eric Church fans here? If you look behind us, all the stuff we have is is all Eric Church and that's probably because of his damn marketing degree. <laughs> but do you feel like that has came into play for you over the years, kinda where you've been able to use that, um, to your advantage in the music career.
4: It's so funny you say that because I understand why you'd ask that question. The reality is I actually didn't learn one thing that is now applicable. I right. like marketing for my own music. I think when I was in college, I remember, you know, people, it was like early Facebook and Twitter and all these things and, there are some, like, basic principles, but for the most part, everything that I've done, I've had to, like, just try and mm-hmm. fail at. So that's the best education I ever had was just I started DMing people on Twitter. I started posting covers on Instagram. I started all these contests, all these challenges, and I learned that just by trial and error. And when I was in college, everyone would have just told me to, like, take out a thing in the newspaper or buy a billboard. It was, like, a very weird time for a marketing program mm-hmm. right as the Internet was kind of getting into. <laughs> they were saying eh, and it's a fad and i actually remember i had a professor that i like disagreed with i was like i think everything will be online i think music all those things everything will be marketed and all the middlemen will get cut out all these marketing agencies will either go away or like a lot of the power of what they do will change and he like laughed at me like, oh, okay we'll see about that
1: <laughs> we'll see about that right look, see, at us, I, look at us now
2: i feel the same way i got a marketing degree just a couple years ago and i don't feel like anything i learned then i can even use now to what i'm doing mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i mean it, the
4: best thing you can do is just dive into the pool and like learn mm-hmm. as work well.
2: i love how you said it. i mean you got to fail to see before you see what happens and see what see you never know man Now was tiktok mm-hmm. good to you when in 2020 did when it started out
4: yeah, I got on TikTok, like, in 2019, kind of okay. before the boom, and I was, like, hesitant. My sister's like, you should get on this thing. I was like, I'm not a 13-year-old girl who dances in her room, so probably <laughs> um, But then all of a sudden, I, I started to see other people using it in a different way, and I'm always just asking myself, like, where's the real attention? Where are the eyes and the ears and, and, and the minds and the hearts? And... I started to see my friends and like, especially like my little sister, who's kind of like, even kind of above or like before me rather. Like in a lot of the tech stuff, she'll be like, "Oh, do you have this app? Do you have this whatever? Are you listening to this person?" And she's cooler than I am, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He and her friends. When I asked her, I was like, "How much time do you spend on Instagram now?" And she's like, eh, not as much because of this TikTok thing." So I was like, "That's interesting. That has to mean something." Mm-hmm. And so that's where I just started to play with it. And for about six months, I just started to fail fast, like just post this. Okay, that doesn't work. I'm going to try it in a black hat because I can write the words on the hat, like trying everything that existed. And so when the world shut down, I had kind of built, you know, a little bit of a platform already, maybe 200K, 300K or something like that. And everybody just had nothing else to do. And it just so it was like one of those perfect storms. The world shut down and crashed into what I believed in. And that's kind of, you know, you never want a global pandemic, but it did work out yeah. in my favor, being there at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. So TikTok changed my life. I mean, over the past couple of years, racking up millions of followers and millions of views on original music, finding my people, like it's just such a democratizing system. You can really find your fans right now, today, you don't have to spend thousands or millions of dollars. Um, you know, I always say I'm, a, I'm an independent artist and I don't have a billion dollar budget. You know, I have, we're literally recording stuff on our iPhones. We're taking really good care of our finances and our funds because they have to go to certain places. And once they're out, I can't just go, more please. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. that. Mm-hmm. So I, I went really hard. At TikTok, and I continue to because I really believe in the internet, and it's going to change. Right now, it's TikTok. Tomorrow will be Schmack, whatever the thing is. But it's more the principle of just being where everybody is.
2: Yeah, and I agree. I I think I think 2020. I know you said you don't want to wish a global pandemic, but I really think it helped the independent artist, and I think that's where we saw a little bit of a shift in the music. Um,
1: can you hear us?
2: Yeah, what happened? Can you hear? Uh, us Yeah.
1: yeah you can okay sorry we got (laughs) a when your computer says oops
2: (laughs) we're like oops
1: what what does oops mean
2: no but going back to what I was saying that's why I think I we saw a a big shift where we saw like the lily roses and everybody just kind of pop out of nowhere and that Mm -hmm. really helped launch independent artists and I, I think now we're honestly looking more at the independent artists taking over different areas and everything um, in, in the music industry. I
4: think so too. I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't think it's like labels breaking artists anymore. I think it's labels. You know, it used to be them pushing a boulder up a hill. Yeah. Now it's like they're taking fast moving trains and getting them
2: moving faster. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: From the beginning, you know, there's very little artist development, to be honest. And there's good and there's bad to that. Um,
2: you almost have to be a, a developed artist already and have that going.
4: Yeah, no, it's totally true. So it'll be interesting. It's interesting to see what happens, how it plays out.
2: But when's the last time you've heard of an independent artist? And I mean, now they're doing it more, playing the Grand Ole Opry, though.
4: <laughs> it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, <laughs> it... That was just something that I, again, I'm like, oh, that's not for me. That's, I'll have to wait. I'll have to wait forever and ever and ever. <coughs> but again, I think people underestimate the power of building something real, not trying to flex on Nashville or the industry. I, I tried to build something that when we showed up places, there were real human beings. Mm-hmm. And when we put out a song, there were real. St- and when you build a foundation, you know, the word, the word that I always try to use is just undeniable. And we've kind of done that. I mean, in a really cool way, like something like the Grand Ole Opry saying, yeah, you're ready. Come on down. That's insanity. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And If I could go back and tell myself in the dorm room, I'm sure I would be sobbing. So it's, yeah. it's a specialty and I'm so humbled by that.
2: So how, how was it, man, just walking on that stage and stepping in that circle for the first time and just feeling that because honestly, it has to be just life changing in a way, knowing that that's an accomplishment you had. It had to be a bucket list item for you prior to that. Oh yeah.
4: I mean, there are a few things in my life that I'll get to like, look back on and go, dang, I did it. And that, I think that's one of them for sure. Like to do it independently is like extra sweet. I think, um, You know, I have such a non-traditional path, so to have, like, a traditional kind of, like, benchmark like that Mm -hmm. is really sweet for me and my team. And I just feel like there are certain moments like that where you get to pause and go, dang, like, all the sacrifices were worth it. All the sore throats, all the 3 a.m. flights, all the terrible songs that I wrote at the beginning, all the playing for free beer at a frat, like, all of the bs that you go through to just dream that one person hears your song then dream about a 100 people hearing your song and then you know it it just feels so legitimizing to have something like the grand opera be like yeah not only are you ready but like you'll get a standing ovation it's just
1: really crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. Hell yeah!
1: Dude. Good for you, that's awesome. I love
2: that. Just an amazing story, and just amazing that you accomplishment in your career, especially early on in your career to be able to play the Opry. I'm sure there'll be many more in your future too. So they don't they do allow many standing ovations go unnoticed at that opera. Mm. So, very cool. Yeah, it's pretty special. So earlier in the year, you released a few songs or a few projects, um, and one one in particular, the Scorpion title um tell me a little bit about the vulnerability you put into those songs and how did you overcome like some of those personal struggles you had for me get away from you just hit home with a lot of things that's a song that man when i heard that song i was like whoa i was just like this guy's in my head what's going on and i just had to take a step back but tell me a little bit about making especially the scorpion part of that album
4: yeah so the full album is called western and Western's broken up into six chapters. So scorpion, Mustang, revolver, pickaxe, desert gold, each chapter kind of zoomed in version. What health and unhealth on the hero's journey and chasing your dreams. Um, and I wanted, I wanted the project to start in a real place. Like the reality is this isn't a Disney movie. It's real life. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with things that, you know, aren't sexy or cool. And I, I, there's probably a million versions of this album where I don't share those things, mm-hmm. but I knew the most impact that I could possibly have is when I shared those things. Yeah. I think solidarity is underrated. I think letting people in to who you really are is underrated. And although vulnerability is scary because you feel naked and you feel like you're ripping open your chest and I mean, like, look at my heart. Um, mm-hmm. It's necessary. And I think songs like no better, talking about addiction for the first time songs like get away from me where i'm talking about like how hard it is to really be self-reflective and self-aware yeah. um they're songs that when i listen to them speak to me and i think that really is the only radar is like what is the thing that when i'm in my car i'm going i gotta hear that again because it just moves me yeah. makes me feel something and there's so much music out now And I put out so much music. I think that's a a part of my growth as well. Is like, I just started asking myself, why this song? Like, does it have to exist, or is it? Oh, it'd be nice if it was in the world, or is it? It's written on my bones. And every song in this album felt like it was written on my bones. It felt like it was something. If I didn't say it, I was going to basically explode.
2: I think that's why it's done so well because people could relate to it. You put Mm -hmm. yourself in other shoe or we were able to put ourselves in those shoes and be like man someone else is going through what we're going through you you're you're a voice for a lot of us and that's what made me a fan especially of the scorpion part but the new album is western dropped a few weeks ago back for, for you what was the best part of making the entire album in a whole um and how have you how do you feel the music has changed or grown for you from you from 2020's wilderness to to what we have now I mean western had 20 tracks man that's unheard of <laughs>
4: it's a monster it's a uh it's my baby and it was really this kind of labor of love i think i learned a lot about myself um in the process which there's like some kind of serendipity there uh, an album about the process and then learning so much about the process in the process kind of like meta yeah <laughs>
3: um,
4: it, it was so enjoyable to make i have such incredible collaborators and people say that i feel like it's like a nice thing to say like i actually mean that my life can be broken down into create things I love with people I love, and that's that's what this album was, and it continues to just like right when I'm like, well, I think all that album's gonna do, or I feel like that's all that album's gonna reach. I get a DM from someone going, like, I can't believe I just found the song, or I'm using a song as my engagement or my wedding or whatever. So there's just yeah. so much to put into this, and. The process, I think the growth, to go back to your question from wilderness to Western, Mm -hmm. more like Sonic Identity being really unapologetic about what I do and just, I'm not Luke Combs. (laughs) I freaking love Luke Combs, but I do a thing and I'm going to continue to do that thing. And it might not be for everybody, but I think the more that I've done that, ironically, that's when it feels like it's more for more people Mm -hmm. Uh, because there's just something refreshing about authenticity i think we're all starved for it mm-hmm. i think we want people who just feel like real people who aren't putting on the mask of the influencer and the you know selling you some tea or underwear or whatever like yeah. i, I yeah. wanted to be the realest version of me and um and i think western my goal was to make it really evergreen and i think my music's always been like that but i think this project will really stand the test of time over the course of many years where people hopefully continue to find it decades later and go, holy crap. Like Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm just finding this and time will tell, but I'm so proud of it. And I've never put so much work and heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears into a project. And, it's just
2: my baby <laughs> yeah. that's why i love because people say that, that they have their baby and they get ready to they release it out to the world and let everybody hear it kind of. so i love to see how that grows and there's you're right man there's only one spencer crandall out there that's out there playing i mean many people could try to be luke combs but there's only one going to be luke combs i mean and that's yeah. why i love about that because you are set apart and you are yourself mm-hmm. um and that's what something that i I kind of want to ask tonight your music pulls from multiple genres but your lyrics are country and it's hard to, is it hard to stay true to yourself and say in one lane at all? Um, when you are pulling from different worlds, especially in today's music industry, people want you to be this genre or that genre. And I'm not a fan of genres. I wanted people to be them. <laughs> Dude,
4: I, 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 the genre station. He's just like, so boring to me. Like when people just sit there and debate, like, is it country? Is it not? Who cares? Do you like the music? Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. There's like three nights a year that like have to do with awards that people care about it. And that's fine. I get it. But for the most part, I like that my influences are like Frankenstein together, that they're this thing that, you know, are kind of like all these things combined. And um, I, I totally understand if somebody was like, oh, he's trying to do a couple different things, but. There's like a pendulum of Spencer Crandall. And yes, there are songs on the album like Girls Like You that feels like a Michael Jackson meets Morgan Wallen. And then songs that feel like side of the stage where I feel like Stapleton could sing that. And everything in between, you start to mix all those things together and you go, dang, I think only Spencer could make this project. It could make this thing. And so that's what I'm proud of. What it's called, people can argue about. Um, My favorite people are Disruptors. In genres, in um, most things, it's people going, you know, I've seen what you've done with that, but I want to try my hand. I want to do my version. I think that's really cool.
2: That's awesome. I do got to ask, uh, on the album, you threw a couple covers on there. One of them still the one. What made you throw that one on there? Because that Dude, that is one of my jams ever <laughs> since Lee DeWise on American Idol sang it. It was one of our wedding songs, <laughs> and I love the male version of that song. So what, what made you cut that song? It just felt
4: like, you know, Jeff and I, my manager, we'd go through the album and be like, oh man, I wish I had a song like this. I wish we had a song like this. And eventually he goes, why don't you just do your version of that? Oh, yeah. If you love the song, if it's perfect, let's just throw it through your filter. And it's one of my favorite country songs of all time. It's a step. It just feels like the perfect kind of way to, you know, also invite people in. Maybe mm-hmm. people don't know who I am but they might know that song and if they find that song in my version of that song they'll go wait what is this song what is this project what is this and that's been that's held true so that's really fun
2: i love that yeah bring people in show them else what else you have to offer now i love it man when i was going through the album and i got to that i was like all right this is my jam and you, dude you, you crushed it <laughs> you nailed it dude <laughs> i love it so what does the rest of the year look like for you into next year i know you're still doing some touring we cannot wait you're gonna be at joe's bar we're we're chicago so we're gonna come out and see you at joe's and it's gonna be an amazing show but what else was the rest of the year next year look like for you
4: um, honestly, he's just finishing the tour, and then I'm kind of at a point where I just need a break. Yeah. I'm kind of roasted. Yeah, uh, 20 yeah. songs and 26 shows, and then the we had a spring tour. We were touring over the summer. I'm, I'm taking a full month off, so I'll go pretty hard these next three or four weekends and um, continue to promote the album this year and even into next year, I think. I just really believe in Western with all my heart. And I will continue to bang the same freaking drum over and over and over until I feel like everyone who's needed to hear it, hears it. So, <laughs> hey, I agree, man. That's a damn good album. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, when you, I think there's, Tyler, the creator said this. He was like, it's so funny. All these people make an album, they drop it, and then they act like it never existed. Mm-hmm. Like they stop promoting it. They stop marketing it. And I feel the opposite. I feel like the Western era is just getting started.
0: Mm-hmm. But
4: you know, something like my person, it took me three years to build that song to where it is, and because I just never gave up on it. So I feel that way the album, and I look forward to doing it. I love
3: that too.
1: Awesome.
3: This episode is powered by Poddex. Pod decks are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster
4: looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out pod decks. Visit pod to get your pod decks
3: today.
2: All right. So we're going to move on to our powered by pod decks section of the night. Uh, We drew a couple cards earlier. One of them is, which quality do you think is more important for a musician, a unique style or a technical skill?
3: Hmm. They're
4: they're different, I think. Um, I think you need to start with technical skill, but I think the people that are remembered end up finding unique style. They, you know, it's like their signature. Like, why are you not everyone else? That's the question that you have to answer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Love that. And then our second one was Do you have any pre show rituals or re- routines like before you hit the stage? Is there anything you got to do before that happens?
4: I take shows really seriously. Um, and it, it actually really reminds me of like a football game. I'm like, get ready. I'm like sweating. I'm like doing my whole thing, I'm steaming on my voice, and like, um, just all these warm up things. I have like a pretty serious vocal regiment, specifically when we're on. It's a pretty hefty tour that we embarked on this fall, so gotta be careful with the vocal cords. Um, but a lot of it's just like hanging out with the guys, like right before the show, probably fifteen minutes before. I'm warm, just doing jumping jacks, keeping my voice warm, and we're just goofing, and it's super fun. And I think I'll be on my deathbed. Man, that's so many. Bond memories and right before Playing a show just like making jokes And rusting each other
2: and all that stuff <laughs> Awesome I love that man That's awesome alright our next section Is a little fun we had, we picked four songs First memory you have with this song To spit it out Let's go ahead and see I kind of do a little bit Of studying we'll see if I nail any of these for you Go ahead and hit the yellow one So
3: I know Sam Hunt
2: uh, can, you hear, can you hear it? I can't. Okay, so I have to tell you the titles. So sometimes they can hear them, sometimes you can't. For it was sure. Sam Hunt, Cop Car. I know that's an influence for you. So when you hear uh, Sam Hunt, Cop Car, where do you where do you go, man?
4: Sam Hunt, Cop Car. I go back to college, and I'm walking back from the gym, and I'm ready to go out for the night, and I'm just like who the hell is this guy and why is he so good at what he does?
3: <laughs> That's
4: what I, I just remember I used to like work out Sam Hunt, wake up to Sam Hunt. I mean, he was just such a influence in my life. Um, he just was one of those guys who, again, has such a unique signature style. And I'll always remember being around the kitchen table and my roommate's girlfriend at the time was like, have you heard this guy? I was like, what? She played, I think it was that song. And I was like, shut up what is this? This is
1: incredible.
2: <laughs> well, that was me, man. When I heard Sam Hunt do cop car, I, I kind of fell in love with the guy there, right then and there. Cause I was like, I knew the Keith urban version, but I never knew his version. I'm like, dude, that's, that's right. There. That, that made me a fan of the, the, who the songwriter was too. Yeah. All right. So we're going to play the next one a little bit and then I'll tell you what it is. Go ahead. and Hit the green one. So the night next night. one is Eminem. Lose yourself. <laughs> Eminem. Then- when, it, when you hear M.M. Lose Yourself from 8 Mile, where does it take you, man? Where... It's probably before a football game. That's Ooh. just like
4: classic pump-up song, and I am just jacked up and ready to hit other human beings. <laughs> 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 very specific feeling before a football game and, or like any sporting thing. I kind of tap into it with music sometimes, and I like feel like I'm like about to run brick wall so probably <laughs> either that or in like my truck high school trying to impress girls by like turning up the bass too loud
2: yeah <laughs> i love that man all right next one uh go ahead and play that yellow one so i picked a taylor swift song because i know your range is all over your musical taste all over should have said no by taylor swift one of my personal favorites but when you hear that song man where does it take you i have a buddy
4: named john wood and john and i used to just drive around and do tobacco and listen to taylor swift and john's old shitty hatchback that he drove that i hope is just buried somewhere because it was a terrible car but the (laughs) memories are just like crazy and i can literally smell copenhagen wintergreen right now
1: (laughs) that's awesome
2: Uh, that's why we love doing this man bring up those old memories and stuff our last one go ahead and hit that last one So the last one is Tim McGraw, Don't Take the Girl. Mm. (laughs) So when you hear that song, man, where where are you you going with it? It's probably my favorite song of all time. Yeah.
4: So there's a billion places I could go, but um, I'm just in the, I'm in like a car seat. I'm in the back seat and my whole family's in the car and my parents are driving and they're like holding hands over the console and I'm just like a little kid again. And I remember literally begged my parents to play that song over and over cause I could see the movie in my head mm-hmm. and it was so cool that I could like build this little world. And, you know, I didn't know how to describe that. Um, but I knew I loved country storytelling since I was able to talk and it's always just moved me so viscerally. It's just such a, it has such an impact on my life. And I'll always be grateful for that song. I feel like it's kind of called me to country music, no matter where I go. I'm just like, "Oh yeah, this is what it's about.
2: Yeah, I love that, man it's It's such a good storytelling song too. you don't I mean, you don't really have too many of those. I mean, here and there, but nothing like Tom, "Don't Take the girl." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just nothing incredible, yeah. <laughs> what amazing song. All right, now <laughs> we're going to put you on the hot seat. It's kind of a little bit like what we just did. First thing that comes to your mind after Ashia? we got sixty seconds on the clock see how far we get the first vinyl you ever purchased
4: hmm. gotta be honest with you i've never i purchased vinyls as an adult <laughs> i was in the cd world as a kid and i just like ripped a bunch of music on limewire which i i regret now um that's just the reality of the situation the first album I remember having like a CD, um, is Room for Squares by John Mayer. Nice. All right. Great and like, still to this day, just one of my most listened
2: to albums. So I still remember my first cassette I ever had. So I know how the CD era went. <laughs> if you had an endless supply of something, what would it be? Hmm. Um,
4: there's like a lame answer. and a a cool answer my lame answer sleep (laughs) because it's just real i just feel like i can't get enough sleep these days it's crazy (laughs) um my cool guy answer is um like days where i i have an open schedule days where i can like do whatever i want it's like my favorite thing as a human where you wake up and you can go like well holy cow i got a full saturday i don't have to work i can do whatever i can hang out with whoever i can go on a hike i can do whatever like that's just i would take unlimited of those i think that's that's what i'll remember on my deathbed the most it three yeah. days
2: <laughs> you look forward to them they're few and far between i'm sure man you're a hard yeah. worker man That's what i noticed uh who has the best pizza you've ever had Eric's in
4: Breckenridge, Colorado.
2: Okay.
4: Like every my birthday. Incredible.
2: <laughs> we need to make a list of all these pizza places. You on a here. pizza tour? <laughs> yeah. The strangest. Bo- Eric's. Bojo's and Eric's. All right. The strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road. <laughs>
4: man. I saw a minivan that was just on fire. Just like fully engulfed in flames. Nobody around it. No, like, no cops, no anything. Yeah. I just like drove past. I didn't know what to do. All the cops are like, Okay, thanks. <laughs> that minivan.
2: man, and it haunts me. That would, man, that definitely would because you never know what was going on there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> What's the worst day job you've ever had? <sighs> I've got a lot of weird jobs. I worked
4: retail, I worked like, physical labor. I did landscaping, um, and then I worked, uh, um, like, food service, and I think they all have, like, a unique shittiness to them. They also have a unique, like, something that I kind of missed about them, mm. so I think, um, the hardest job, like, the hardest day of my life job is, like, landscaping, where, I would get home and I was just like beat like I couldn't believe I had worked 14 hours in a row in the sun and my shirt was just like drenched in sweat like salty and i throw it away Um, but man dealing with some people at a fancy country club that man some of those
2: conversations will just be burned in my brain so (laughs) I love it all right. What's one thing people buy that you feel is a waste of money?
3: Hmm. The people buy that a waste. Of money. It's a
4: great podcast question. <laughs> um, I love this
2: question so much. <laughs> We've had we've had video games. I, I can see that. Um, I can see that definitely being one. You you know water? Water. We've bottled, bottled water. Bottled water. <laughs> see, I love those two things so much.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't be a waste of Was money. a bottle
2: of water, Daryl earlier? Really, no, I don't
1: remember what he said.
4: <laughs> um, I think probably pickles because
2: pickles <gasps> are. Tr- oh
1: my god! that's hot. my
2: favorite. Hot. Shot into the heart on that <laughs> one. <laughs> That
1: was my pregnancy food (laughs) I ate those when I was pregnant
2: So the most common question you probably get But what's one song you wish you wrote Mm, Man
4: don't don't take the girls up there Uh, God bless the broken road Um, There goes my life Kenny Chesney Mm -hmm. Um, Mirrors by Justin Timberlake Wake me up Avicii that's a good one. Hmm. Um, there's a few like little niche ones. There's this one, uh, Neil Carpenter. I don't even know if this guy exists anywhere, but there's a song called Perfect Time. And he is just, this song haunts me. I listened to it during my last breakup and it just wrecks
2: me. <laughs> so right. good. I'm going to check that one out.
1: Yeah, I I don't know that one.
2: (laughs) What's a chore you you not like doing? A chore chore you don't like doing. (laughs) What was that? I'm sorry.
4: Oh, sorry. I said I'm going to market that song for him, even though I have no idea who he is.
1: Right?
2: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Uh, What's a chore that I don't mind doing? You don't like
2: doing. One you don't like.
4: Laundry just pisses me off. The fact that it just never ends.
2: The fact that I will be
4: doing laundry till I
2: I, that's I don't want that.
1: Yeah. See, I
2: don't mind doing it. I just hate folding it. Just the whole process. Just the
4: fact that I can look at dirty clothes. You know, they're dirty I just
2: four days. <laughs> wait, till wait, you have kids running around the house and they go through three outfits a day?
3: <laughs> no,
4: I, no. I I already go through three outfits a day myself. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm I'm guilty. So I probably know the answer to this next question, but you've already got to play the opera. You've played the Bluebird. Um, What's still on your bucket list? What's something you want to do that you feel accomplished in the music industry? Where do you want? I feel like Red
4: Rocks is up there. I'm a Colorado. So that makes sense. Uh, i play football stadium. And so everything I do is pointed at that. And, you know, I've also changed my dream. To, I want to enjoy the process of playing a football stadium Yeah, because all we have is process. Nothing's guaranteed. I could – I mean it's morbid. I could get hit by a bus. I could get cancer. I could blow my voice out. So who knows? Um, I'm going to work my ass off and control what I can control. But I love and I just want to look back at my life and be like, wow, I got – like one life is enough. If you do it right, it's enough. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think – that's more and more my goal is just love the journey, like unashamedly romanticize my own life and just
2: love it. I love that, man. So what, what stadium, if you had a pick, which one did you want to play? Mile high. Ah, I was hoping that. <laughs> that's cool. And it's cool because you've seen shows at Red Rocks. So we were sharing pictures earlier. and There's a picture of you at Red Rocks. So it'd be cool. And that's probably be a big full circle moment when you, when you get the chance to do that. Cause it's, it's going to happen. You know that. Go. <laughs> cool. That's the
3: goal.
2: I love it. Well, before we let you go, man, did you want to play one for us tonight?
3: Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely.
2: All right.
4: I feel like after all that uh, my person talk, it would make sense. Yeah, man.
2: Go ahead and tell us a little bit about the story, uh, about the song, and then we'll go right into it.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I put the song on the internet and... It just completely changed my life. I started a thing called the My Person Challenge and started at five videos, and it was 500, then it was 5,000, then it was like half a million. And still to this day, I mean, I walk in somewhere and people go, Hey, you're the My Person guy. And I'm so, that's the thing. I'm so honored that people use this and dance to this at their wedding. Uh, it's, I'm just like blown away that I get to be a part of this song. I wrote this with Lalo guzman uh, producer and writer and kelly archer she's a badass songwriter in, in town and has a bunch of number ones and just will always kind of like remember this as the first thing that brought me to the dance that really allowed me to live my dreams and um you know had people showing up and singing for the first time for real so nice without further ado <laughs> give you the stage
3: I was looking for a long time I never found nobody like you I saw you order up in my time and suddenly I wanted what you Got your name, got your number And we talk till he turned on the lights I was looking for a long time I didn't know that night I'd find my person My heartbeat, my slow dance my Sunday morning sippin' on coffee in bed. My you no-need-no-best-friend, know, the stealer of my t-shirts, my reason for speeding home my saving grace, my everything. I've never been more sure that you're my person. Even when you blow a punchline. Nobody makes me laugh like you Every minute is a long time If I ain't holding on to you You're my staying on the weekend you might come undone You're my call saying It's more than love I don't seize the one Yeah, you're my person My heartbeat My slow dance My sun ain't gonna on coffee I know it you no know, no best friend The stealer, My T-shirts My reason for speeding Home from work My saving grace My everything I've never been more sure That you're my person Look ahead I'm thrown in Oh, I see you Rock and cheerleaders You're my person My heartbeat My slow dance Sunday morning wanna so no coffee in bed I know ain't no best friend the stealer My t-shirts My reason for speeding My work My saving grace My everything I've never been more sure than you're my person Yeah, baby
2: love that dude ah
1: <laughs>
2: song gives me chills man just listen to that
1: makes so. me so happy <laughs>
2: Can't wait to hear that one live, too. I bet with the band, it sounds great, uh, too. Dude.
4: It's gonna be awesome, y'all.
2: So tell me a little bit of what you're looking forward to before we let you go about coming to Joe's Bar in Chicago, man. I bet you're pumped for that one.
4: It's going to be great. You know, our Chicago peeps always show up strong for us, so we're just super excited. We got a awesome, awesome show that we're super, super proud of, and Chicago is one of our favorite cities on every tour. They just feel like they bring some sort of
2: other energy nice we cannot wait dude like i said we'll be out there cheering you on man cannot wait for that show
4: awesome thank you guys so much appreciate you dude
2: appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us tonight man we really appreciate this This was a great show and we we really appreciate it
4: of course anytime thank
1: you all right spencer we'll let you go you
2: have a great night buddy you too all right thank you man love that that guy is awesome
1: yeah he's amazing
2: so he is on, like you really like said, 26, What 26-city 26 tour.
1: Yeah.
2: He's doing it right now. He's getting ready to wrap it up here in December. It'll be, I think, December 1st he's at Joe's. So yeah. Joe's on Weed Street. Like you said, Chicago always turns up, so I cannot wait to come out and see that. It'll be a good one. Oh, for sure. So I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show with Spencer Crandall. Uh, just, uh, Spencer with the passion, the drive he has for music and Life Speaks Volumes. We all wish Spencer nothing but the best. I Can't wait to see what he accomplishes. In 2023 and beyond, honestly, he's one of the most hardest working guys I've seen out there. You you can tell he's he's exhausted. Yeah, he deserves a break. He deserves (laughs) a break. I know December is going to be a nice downtime for him, hopefully, and get a little bit of time off and recharge. Because that's definitely something that everybody needs to do Mm -hmm. from time to time. You need a little bit of time just to recharge those batteries. And if you don't get that time, then it can get rough for a while. (laughs) I've been there. So, I know how it feels to go, 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 go. So, you definitely got to take a time, a little bit of break, and recharge. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight, and we will see you guys. I don't know, it'll be next week or the week after. We're working on another show coming up soon. So, we do have a little bit of a break coming up. Tomorrow, we have a huge announcement. We are announcing our lineup for our episode 150, be live at Live Oak in Nashville. Um, so, we cannot wait to come back. So, Neon Grit Takeover. So wait till you see this lineup. It's amazing. Um, a lot of great songwriters on this lineup. We cannot wait to put it out. So tomorrow, probably tomorrow morning, keep an eye on our Instagram, our Facebook. We'll be dropping an amazing lineup. And then we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for joining us tonight.
0: The Melodies and Memories Podcast with Jillian and Aaron Shriver. Brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives us soul to the universe, wings to the mind flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Jillian and Aaron connect more melodies and memories with the fans and artists they love. Thank you for being a part of this musical journey, and we will see you next time on the Melodies and Memories podcast with Jillian and Aaron Schreiber.